0: All right, take two. All right, can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. Excellent.
0: All right, everyone, uh, welcome to our beta test of unqualified opinions via Periscope. Uh, Bill Barheight, the CEO of Aber Global, uh, and I have known each other for a few years, and everybody the last 24 hours. Has been talking about their new feature, which allows anyone globally to invest in stocks and ETFs through what they call a crypto collateralized contract. Um, this is a, a new riff on technology that's been years in. I think it certainly, as as any new announcement or new feature does, Bill, uh, uh, caused some people to question and 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 some people to, uh, in colorful language, um, try to poke holes and in, in, in how exactly the feature worked and and whether it was. Uh, actually, we've seen you build for, for quite a while, so I uh, uh, less skeptical. But we wanted to get you here, uh, a because uh, what better uh, guest to uh, to try out uh, during the beta period than than someone who's uh, uh, you know we've we've grown fond of over many years. Uh, and two, because things uh, that's happened in the industry this year and and maybe in a while in terms of spreading adoption and and, and actually serving as a killer app. So. Maybe I'm partial, uh, I'm still gonna try to poke holes in the, in the product, but, uh, but not, nothing that you can't handle uh, given the delta in, uh, in in IQ, I think. So I'm gonna help you dumb it down uh, and, and we're gonna hopefully help you uh, communicate exactly how this uh, fantastic new feature works. So right welcome on.
1: Bill. Thanks, look forward to the discussion. Thanks
0: for having me. So Bill, uh, why don't we start just a quick uh, synopsis of the evolution of Abra.
1: Sure. So today, Abra is an uh, app that works in 150 plus countries that allows consumers to hold uh, Bitcoin as well as myriad uh, fiat currencies uh, and altcoins as effectively synthetic assets using uh, Bitcoin multi-sig contracts. So in other words, uh, you can hold dollars, euros, pesos, XRP, Monero, all as basically Uh, uh, Bitcoin, whose value is pegged uh, to those other assets. We call those crypto collateralized contracts. But the user experience is super simple. It just looks like a a portfolio where I'm holding all this stuff. Uh, And then yesterday we announced that uh, in addition to those 80 uh, fiat and crypto assets, we're also adding uh, stocks, uh, commodities, uh, ETFs as um, synthetic assets as well. Uh, Using the same uh, crypto collateralized contract model. And what's cool about that is, is that uh, people in 155 countries who may be shut out of investing in Western assets uh, will now be able to uh, invest in those assets for the first time. You know, places like Mexico, India, um, Southeast Asia. uh, I'm really excited about.
0: And, and, you know, one of the things that immediately comes to mind is that this is built on Bitcoin versus Ethereum. You you hear about people building smart contracts and and open finance applications. And everybody, I think, instantly thinks about Ethereum and maybe even uh, 2.0 versions of Ethereum or or some of these parachain applications or or new chains like EOS before they ever think about Bitcoin. Um, So you've been building this escrow functionality and, and, and collateralized contract functionality on Bitcoin for years now. Why are you guys the only ones that seem to be leveraging this? Uh, I guess number one and, and, and number two, um, how, how have you determined that this is still the best asset going forward to, to, to build on top of? So
1: that's a, that's a great question. I think that um, for us, we look at programmable money to meet our requirements as basically having three requirements. Uh, well, I would say four requirements. The first is is it really needs to be hard money and, uh, in, in, the, in the sense that it, it, it needs to be at least approaching some deflationary value. And so uh, Bitcoin uniquely meets that requirement. But it, in terms of the real hard requirements, I would say it's three things, right? Um, large market cap so that we can have lots of users using the system with small amounts of money, right? So if, if, if people want to collateralize uh, if, if, if millions and millions of people want to collateralize their Apple shares or dollars using crypto, uh, it has to be scalable enough to do that. Right. Um, and obviously if, I think there was an interesting article in Forbes today explaining just exactly from this perspective, why, um, apps like Abra that collateralize real world assets could end up driving the price um, higher. That's number one Two, Um, the digital asset needs to be liquid globally so that people can easily get money in and out of the system. Um, from the physical world into the digital realm. In other words, if I want to use a local exchange uh, to buy Bitcoin and then pump that Bitcoin into Abra, I can easily do that. And, and obviously there's exchanges now probably accessible in over 100 well, well over 100 countries. And that's so that's, that's, that's that first, uh, that's the second requirement. And the third requirement is, is, is it needs to be programmable in the sense that we can create these Multi-sig scripts, if if you will, that effectively look a lot like smart contracts. They're not fully smart contracts in the sense that they're one hundred percent self-settling. But the reality is, is that Bitcoin or even Ether, Ethereum, have no knowledge of the outside physical world, and so multi-sig and the opcodes of Bitcoin represent probably the best we can do in taking a, in terms of taking a hard asset and making it truly programmable for the kind of contracts that abra is creating uh, and so for the technically initiated um the multi-sig data model resides offline but the actual um scripts are are online and the wallets themselves uh are true you know um multi-sig um uh contracts or uh, script slash contracts and so bitcoin is perfect uh for the actual use case of abra um, it's, it doesn't do more. It doesn't do less. It, it, those 10 opcodes uh, within Bitcoin more or less do exactly what we need uh, to make Abra work. And we may use other chains, uh, smart contract capabilities over time, but Bitcoin will always be the asset, if you will, that we're using to collateralize these contracts, we're fully committed to that. We don't have a plan B. <laughs> so yeah, and, and so
0: and, and so, just to be clear, I mean, this isn't fractional, right? So um, when when someone makes an investment, if they're trying to purchase Apple uh, or or a, a, a fraction of, of an Apple share. Um, the Bitcoin that they use to purchase that share is locked in contract,
1: and and it's not rehypothecated. Building this fractional system on top of it, correct? That is one hundred percent correct. So. Um, I'm not going to espouse any personal opinions on, you know, rehypothecation and the implications of that, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin and long and others, I'm I'm sure, uh, I'm
0: sure Caitlin will do that for you. you Yeah, she'll
1: do that for you. And she's much more eloquent at explaining it than I am. Uh, but, um, that's right. These positions are, it's not a CFD model where it's margin plus leverage. It's 100% collateralized. Abra has no access to the collateral unless we're in the money on the contract. The consumer is holding their keys uh, to the collateral in a multi-sig model. So once they enter into the contract, neither the consumer or Abra can access the collateral unless we're in the money. Um, And if the consumer is just holding Bitcoin, it's a one-of-one, simple one-of-one wallet where they can withdraw the Bitcoin anytime they want.
0: And and, and so basically, you know, Abra's, uh, angle here in terms of you know, sustaining itself as a business is you're you're doing all the hedging and, and you're managing all this risk um, and purchasing the underlying and and then hedging both the um, the bitcoin that would be inputted into the uh, into the transaction as well as whichever asset ETF stock you know or otherwise that's that's getting effectively purchased if not actually purchased at least the synthetic inspo- exposure would be. Um, Uh, purchased and 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 that's completely removed from the person who's actually using the app
1: yeah that's right so our vision is to democratize access to financial services and so we have simply figured out a way to do that legally and that is the beauty i mean look at its core right bitcoin represents And and the decentralization that Bitcoin enables represent a very important regulatory arbitrage that give consumers rights, rights via software that they didn't have before. And that is the rights to hold ones and zeros that represent hard money. Right. And that's a big deal, you know. And, And so Abra is able to take advantage of that in a way that I think represents true uh, financial inclusion uh, over time to people who may not understand how it works, right? Just the same way that people don't understand how TCP IP work, works, but use it to stream Netflix videos. And I think that ultimately Bitcoin as TCPIP IP for money um, represents the same opportunity.
0: Yeah. And, and this is, you know, really where I've heard pushback and, and, yeah. and I've had my own over the years right um, and, and it kind of comes down to, to two things one is just the how do you do this in a legal way because the optics of this are um, you guys are are being a money you're, you're serving as a, an investment manager and, and and folks are essentially coming to you like they would a prime broker um, and purchasing these securities even though you're keeping it one step removed you're still giving them the same type of, of synthetic exposure um, and and my understanding is that you believe that you get around the existing regulations just because this is non-custodial and and because the user still is able to manage their keys. But right now it's the multi-sig that you're using, it's still two of two, right? So it's a 50-50 split versus, you know, having some independent third party uh, mediate any disputes. I guess, um, you know, some of these are gonna be trade secrets maybe, but, but the biggest question that I always get about ABRA is how is this legal? Yeah. Um, and how have you actually threaded the needle? And, and, Is it and just
1: key management you, You've only addressed part of the equation in the kind of custodial issue. I mean, yeah. ultimately, there's three jurisdictions um, that matter in, in these type of transactions, right? There's custody, which may, may look like banking regulation or e-money regulation or in the U.S., MSB regulation. That's one bucket. Um, and that basically comes down to who's, who's holding the money or the keys in the case of crypto. The second is, uh, you know, with Bitcoin as a commodity, are you doing anything that looks like commodity based derivatives or swaps or futures and uh, et cetera, et cetera, which generally look at swap execution facility regulation, which is in and of itself very complex. And then the last perspective, of course, is securities regulation. And Abra has had to very carefully navigate this with an architecture that was explicitly set up long term to deal with those three issues, but at global scale, because We have customers in 100 countries, not just in the US. And so, um, you know, it's beyond, I think, the the purviews of this conversation. But but in general, uh, you know, we've had a lot of well-paid lawyers looking at this to verify that the ideas of actual delivery, which is a very old concept in, um, you know, both commodity and security swap regulation, uh, is actually being executed correctly with ABRA, right? So that there's no difference in how ABRA settles versus you know, crops, uh, or, you know, barrels of oil and the CFTC has come out and said that in their opinion, um, that those rules apply to Bitcoin the same way they should apply commodities. And we agree with that. Um, and so it's not so much, uh, like a lot of people talk to me about, oh, you found loopholes and, and, and it's no, it's like, no, it's not really a loophole. The law was set up to be the law. Right. And, and so we're simply operating within the framework. Now, that having been said, I think that what you're going to find is, is that it's going to be very difficult for global regulators to come after, um, you know, on-chain settled contracts um, that, that, you know, are, are quote-unquote ephemeral when there's no integration with the physical world, meaning it's literally just a, an on-chain settlement of digital contracts via some derivative. I, I think, and, and that's, for example, Ledger X does the opposite, right? It's, it's basically, mm-hmm. you know, centrally cleared. It looks and smells like traditional derivatives and their application process was no different than anybody else. And, and so um, what they haven't and probably won't be able to effectively deal with that scale is, is stuff that moves completely on chain. Uh, whether that chain is, is Ethereum for, you know, true kind of, um, you know, Turing complete contracts or, or Bitcoin for the kind of, you know, multi-sig stuff that Abra is doing. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult at scale. And I think they're going to focus more on, on the Ledger X model and less on the Abra model because I think they're going to find it untenable to um, regulate the software versus regulate the people.
0: Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because they can
1: regulate Abra. Right. And and, yeah. and maybe the for a second. They yeah, they can regulate Abra, but 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 you could you could open source this model, uh which mostly torrent like scenario, and have the public in some manner become the counterparty to these contracts in, instead of Abra, and there would be nobody to shut down. Right. And mm-hmm. so
0: And this goes, you know, <laughs> right right now I think this might be the the, the next hop to actually decentralizing financial services investments in, in, yes. in actual securities, because the, the unsolved problem still in the you know, quote-unquote open finance community um, and, and um, a lot of what other smart contract developers are working on is figuring out uh, what the reference data looks like and, and, and which oracles you actually use yep. to enforce these contracts on chain. That, that seems to be taken out of the equation because you as a central company
1: and service are managing all that risk on your side? Yeah, that's right. And and I think that um, you know on one hand we're the first to to really do this in a public way that's getting consumer traction, uh, but we're certainly not going to be the only company. And uh, it's gonna there's certain things that regulators are going to care about. There's things that regulators are going to be less concerned about. And you know we'll see how it unfolds. I think the most important thing for Abra is are we building a business that solves real consumer problems? Uh, that has tremendous social benefits uh, and where the intent is to allow people to, you know, participate in in commercial and and financial transactions to their benefit the way they Um, are we being as transparent as as is physically possible uh, in terms of what we're doing. So when we when we do uh, migrate from two of two to two of three multisig um, we're going to open source the Oracle function so people can see how the Oracle has rights to, you know, sign the third, the, the, the second, um, uh, be the second signature in when the consumer or Abra is is not present. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the techies that get what I just said, I think will love that. Um, not only because. Well, well open- yeah, and just 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 dumbing it down right now, the user has
0: one key. You guys have the other. Uh, so right. the question I think that's been posed on Twitter is. Who does dispute resolution? Skipping ahead, that could be a community, right? That could be right. you know crowdsourced uh, via an yeah. oracle system. But in the yeah. interim, um, how how does that work?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it has to be Abra, right? And dispute resolution, mm-hmm. basically, yeah, dispute resolution in our model effectively means uh, I don't agree with your you know your policy or your business rules, or maybe there's a bug. Now that's honestly that never happened. Um, where we've had a, a dispute in terms of, you know, how Multisig would settle. Um, but that it would be Abra because we're simply the counterparty to the contract. Um, in the future, we would like it to, to be the Oracle, uh, who would be a, you know, independent entity, regardless of who created it. Um, and we would like that entity to provide those Oracle services to other contracts, uh, software contract providers, and not just Abra, and get really good at it and also be in a kind of a neutral geography uh, as well. You know, we're looking at Switzerland and and we're down the path of settling on that, but we're open. If people in the public have reasons to convince us it should be another geography, we're, we're certainly open.
0: You know, when whenever first started, I, I think one of the killer apps uh, that we talked about was cross-border remittance, right, and, and financial access, just in terms of, of moving money around. Um, it's obviously come much, much farther uh, uh, in, in the past couple of years. But you guys have processed, uh, yeah. you, you said a few hundred million now uh, in these types of crypto collateralized contracts just with crypto. Um, put, help put in perspective uh, what you think about the crypto to crypto business, which has kind of been your bread and butter and, and kind of the magnitude of product mm-hmm. and, and what you think that could uh, do to both Apple, but uh, just also in terms of Bitcoin volumes,
1: sure. I mean, look, the the, the vast majority of transactions for Abernet last year were a combination of people either uh, buying Bitcoin or converting Bitcoin to be, you know, uh, XRP or Monero or Zcash or Ether uh, synthetically uh, and back and forth, right? And so, and and also secondarily, people using it for traditional forex, meaning taking my Bitcoin and putting it in dollars, uh, euros or yen. Uh, we had people in Argentina who would send us Bitcoin. People in China would send us Bitcoin and put it in dollars because they, they felt like they were getting a hedge uh, versus their kind of like shitcoin, government shitcoin. Um, and, and so um, now I would posit that from an investment perspective, retail investment perspective, that market is tiny compared to um, access to traditional Western investments. Probably to the factor of, you know, one to 200 X. And so if I can give people in those same markets, Argentina, Venezuela, Philippines, India, China, access to those markets because they simply don't have access or give people listening to this, um, you know, TV br- broadcast in the West who love the idea of using Bitcoin to make the, it's just a contract on Bitcoin blockchain between them and Abra. I think it's it's huge. Right. And and to your question, I don't think that at $60 billion, there's enough Bitcoin to collateralize all of these contracts. And so if you take the uh, assets under management from like a, a Robinhood or an E Trade, which are effectively operating in one country, between them, it's probably $250 billion. OK. Our estimate is, is that there's a couple of trillion dollars in retail investor money sitting on the sidelines in those countries that I just mentioned. If you put a fraction of that, into a model like what Abra is describing, like I said, there's simply not enough Bitcoin to collateralize those assets. So what's gonna happen, right? I mean, that was the gist of Kyle's article from Forbes this morning, which is mm-hmm. that apps like Abra could have a significant impact on the price of Bitcoin over time.
0: Well, and, and forget about price for a second. I mean, everybody's gonna get really excited when they hear that, but um, but you know, if, if you do go with the Robinhood uh, type of, of mindset and, and you think about fractionalizing shares and making, Uh, small components uh, of, of, you know, publicly traded ETFs uh, available to retail, you're going to have throughput issues pretty quickly. Um, So, you know, historically, you know, even with several hundred million dollars, you've had to deal with the Bitcoin blockchain's fees, anticipate that there's anything close to the growth that you guys are hoping for and projecting. At what point does that start to become a problem for you or for the users who are only going to be able to access this if they're putting in $50, $100, Fifty dollars, a
1: hundred dollars, you know, a few hundred dollars per transaction. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, when mining fees hit fifty dollars uh, for us, now remember, let me let me caveat that with our our con our, our, our transactions are all multi-sig. so they're they're larger than uh, a standard one of one Bitcoin transaction. So when others were paying, uh, you know, twenty five dollars in some cases, we were paying forty dollars. Uh, that's the nature of these contracts. And so obviously that's a problem. Now, our goal over time is to facilitate uh, small dollar transactions and then to settle those on the Bitcoin blockchain. And one of the challenges is working out the details so that we still meet the physical delivery requirements of the regulators, so that it doesn't look like, uh, you know, that there's some um, kind of central clearing of those transactions, uh, which would uh, defeat the purpose of what we've architected to not be a relatable. I apologize if, if that was a complex statement, but it, it is what it is. So, so we need to figure out how to use second layer, uh, Lightning and other technologies uh, to settle these, settle these transactions at scale so that we don't consume the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, I mean, there was, days, there was days this past year where Abra was doing more than 1% of on-chain transactions from a data size perspective daily. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and so, and, 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 and like I said, the products we're rolling out are a hundred X to 200 X more interesting than what we were already doing. So clearly there's not enough, uh, room in the blocks for Abra to be able to, uh, do this, um, uh, given that we're not the only game, you know, only people trying to publish transactions.
0: Sure. I, I mean, would you ever move to another blockchain? That's, that's the, you know, th- this, this came up around the Bitcoin scaling debate a couple of years ago. Oh, we're not going to be able to. Do X, Y, and Z on Bitcoin if we don't increase the block size. You know, we had with two X, and, um, and and so this has been kind of a common refrain. But um, as you think about alternatives, at, at some point, if if you know the, the protocol that you're building on becomes capacity constrained, uh, what would be next in line, or do you even have a Plan B?
1: So we do. I mean, look, uh, we're all in on Bitcoin. Let me just start off with that. Right. But on the other hand, we we do have the ability to run these multi-sig scripts on Litecoin. Um, They're binary compatible from an opcode perspective. And we do have uh, a few users uh, who, um, you know, we've tested that with uh, and they can't really tell the difference. Um, If they want to know, you know, we can tell them. But nobody nobody so far seems to care. Uh, I care. Uh, I really want this to work on Bitcoin because I think Bitcoin is going to be the currency of the Internet. I agree with Jack Dorsey's comments on that. So, um, you know, I'm totally fine with the fact that we lost the 2x debate. I I get why. And it was a good lesson for me in understanding, um, you know, kind of decentralized consensus uh, and how hard that is and why that's a feature. Uh, I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, On the other hand, it's the onus is on me to make my business work within those constraints. I don't think the onus is on the internet uh, to fix itself so that Abra can work. I think it's the other way around. And we're cool with that. Um, I just believe that, um, you know, we're clearly going to have to rely on second layer technologies uh, without violating the legal principles that we're operating under, which is going to be a challenge, I I admit that. Uh, But um, if it was easy, I guess everybody would be doing it. Exactly. Well, uh,
0: we said we were going to keep this short and sweet uh, and, and just get to the meat of the issue. And, and I think you addressed uh, the, the basics, the some of the objections we saw on Twitter and then some. Where can people go to test this out?
1: Yeah, so we're doing uh, early access registrations on the stock uh, features now. But if you go to Abra.com or the App Store, you can download Abra today uh, and use the app with uh, both the synthetic fiat as well as the uh, crypto uh, assets. And then in a few weeks, we'll be turning on the actually less than a few weeks, we'll be turning on uh, the stock ETF and and commodity assets as well. Uh, we're going to start, I think, with like uh, 50 or so uh, of the top uh, NASDAQ traded uh, assets, and then add, you know, hundreds and then the entire NASDAQ over time, and then even other uh, international exchanges. But for now, they can start with that, uh, ABR.com or the App Store.
0: Bill Barheitz, CEO of Abra. Go check out the new products. Also former rocket scientist, right? Is that, a, is that an overstatement? Uh, that's uh, an
1: overstatement. I mean, I certainly, were, <laughs> I, I did work for NASA, but uh, I, I was not the smartest person in the room for sure. So.
0: Well, I'm, not, I'm certainly not the smartest person in this conversation, but definitely appreciate you joining as, uh, as, as our guinea pig of sorts, as we, uh, as we think about this new Unqualified Opinions live show from Masari. That's at Masari Crypto. Follow along and we will see you for the next one.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Good luck. All right. Take care.